One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. It's Lindegaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Magnus, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Tuart. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glover's Cast. I'm Ian and we're kicking off tonight's episode of the Glover's Cast with the quiz. So I'm going to throw it to Dave. Dave's going to do the introductions. It's all you, Coatsy. Take it away. Here we go. I feel like I should be doing... What's that guy called? The Let's Get Ready to Rumble guy? Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. I feel like I should be doing that, you know. When in the blue corner, it's Ian. Yeah, Ian, our reigning champion. And then in the red corner... The talk of Taunton, that Mr. Blackbird himself, Mr. Andrew Cleave. Clevo, how are you? Welcome aboard. Thanks, uh, Dave. Nice to nice to finally make my long-awaited debut. Well, there you go. You've been bottling it for such a long time. Uh, <laughs> Man yeah, of my had, word. We've had Andy that. Craig, we've had Chris Fox, we've had all of them, you know, all of them there, and they keep saying, get Clevo on, get Clevo on, and you're like, oh, I'm not quite sure, but now you've, you've stepped up to the mark, haven't you? He's taken the bait. So Save the best to last. <laughs> last. Oh, oh. Well, are you going to win and he's going to win and retire? Is that how this is going to go? That's it. Go out on top. <laughs> I doubt it somehow. But... I, I well, come on, don't write yourself off straight away. Right. Okay. I'll give you the rules of the game because there's got to be someone who hasn't heard this before. So <laughs> the name of the game is Yoval Town. Who am I? Uh, I will read out a little potted history I've drafted of three former Yeovil Town players. And uh, the first person to get the answer right obviously wins that point, best of three. Um, if you get an answer wrong, I will uh, keep you out for the next paragraph that I have to read before I call you back in. Cle- Ian knows the rules. Clevo, do you understand the rules? Yeah, pretty simple, really. Right. But, um, <laughs> okay, right. I read I, it out I every time. I would expect... Uh, I would expect Mr. Perkins to 
Hey, now come on, don't, don't, don't go, don't go all FA Cup underdog on us. It's not, it's not, not befitting of you, You're right? Dave it's Reed better, it's better Dave. to be pessimistic. It's better be the, better to be a pessimist, and and then you anything that better that happens is a bonus thing. There you go. Spoken like a true Oval Town supporter. Right. <laughs> okay, here we go then with the first one. I was born in Barnsley in October 1976, and my youth career began at Sheffield Wednesday, where I signed at the age of 17. Despite playing in the club's youth setup, I did not make a first team appearance and joined Scunthorpe United following my. Richard relegation. Hines? Not Richard Hines, Clevo. Not Richard Hines. Now, so you're out until I call you back in. Signed for Scunthorpe United following my release from Hillsborough in the summer of 1996. I made only four appearances there, but I did score my first professional goal in a 3-2 defeat at Hereford United, which would be the nice. first of 40 goals I would score in my career as a centre-forward. <laughs> Clevo, you're back in. Following my release from Scunthorpe at the end of the 96-97 season, I had similarly unsuccessful spells at Chesterfield before dropping into non-league, where I played for Gainsborough Trinity, Grantham Town, but it was at Worksop Town that I found my shooting boots, scoring 40 times in a season and a half, including six in a 12-0 thrashing of Frickley Athletic. That was enough to earn me a move back to the Football League with Darlington in March 2001 and scored my oh, debut for them in a 2-0 win at Carlisle. However, that would be my only goal for the Quakers. And in January 2002, I moved to Stevenage, again in the conference, for £10,000. I managed to get on Kirk target. Kirk Jackson. Oh. oh, Kirk Jackson is See, the right answer. I don't know where Richard Hines came from, but... It's Scumport, wasn't it? The Scumport connection. It was a Sheffield yeah. Wednesday in Scumport. There you go. There you go. And I didn't realise that, that... that... I didn't realise that but... Kirk Jackson scored... Two braces against us for Stevenage uh, in the, the season, season we when we won him. the trophy. In the season when we won the trophy, he did at their place. And then in the season, uh, no, at our place, he scored in the season when we won the trophy. And then the following season, because he didn't join us until December. Yeah. Uh, of that, of that uh, first of that championship winning season. But then he scored some goals, didn't he? Nineteen goals in half a season. He was Pretty one good. of my favourite players back in the day, Kirk Jackson. Was he? Him and Carl, him and Carl Orford, yeah. I saw him and Skivo in the, um, oh, what was it? it? used to be Brewster's, the Airfield Tavern. We were out for a meal at the Airfield <laughs> Tavern and him and Kirk Jackson were there. Having there you a, go. Having a Great. meal too. Greatest night of your life. <laughs> it was when I was like, <laughs> however old I was. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hero. Right. Are you ready for the next one? One yes. nil to, one really, nil to but... Perkins. <laughs> okay. I did warn you. I did warn you. There we go. I was born in Hartlepool in February 1993. Oh. And as a 17-year-old, I was awarded a four-year professional contract at Middlesbrough. I became captain of the under-21 side at the Riverside. Oh. But my first taste of first-team football came at Hewish Park. I've enjoyed Jonathan God Grounds? Matt Ah, oh, well, I'm going to give that one to Clevo because it wasn't Jonathan Grounds, but it was <laughs> Matt Dolan. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Clevo's lost it. His limbs. <laughs> absolute limbs. Right. So one all. Okay, this is the decider. Whitewash avoided. Whitewash avoided. <laughs> you might win, Clevo. Don't exactly. There's still a, there's still a chance. There's still you got. I doubt got, it. You've got I'm happy every... I've got one. So I'm happy half, I've got one. You're so. halfway there. Yeah, exactly right. Well, okay, so here's the decider. There. Hey, no, we've, we, we haven't got Ben tonight, <laughs> so we don't need the singing. We don't need you bringing the singing either. Right, here's the third Why one. Why not a bit of Bon Jovi? 
I was born in Forest Gate, East London in September 1989 and began my career not far from home, joining West Ham United as a 13-year-old. I progressed mm. through the youth ranks, signing a professional contract in 2008, and I was a regular in the club's reserves, including a number of appearances mm. as captain. In January 19, uh, sorry, in January 2008, I was loaned to Weymouth for the 2007-8 oh, season. But a change oh, of manager meant my stay on the South Coast lasted just two matches. I had further loans at MK Don, Scunthorpe and Plymouth and was part of Argyle's side, which was relegated to League One. Despite that, I arrived at Home Park on a permanent deal following my release by West Ham and played 28 times in the centre of defence that season, picking up two red cards as Argyle plunged into administration and I was free to leave in the summer of 2011. That is when I arrived at Hewis Park. Terry Skivett brought me in and gave me my debut in a 2-0 defeat at Brentford on the opening day of that season. Oh. I scored my first goal in a 2 all draw at home to Leighton Orient, and then the winner in a 1-0 win at Hartlepool in the November 2011. Bonds and Gala? Bonds and Gala is the right answer, Clevo. <laughs> there you go. He's a winner. <laughs> we have a new champion. Well, there you go. We'll have to dub in some applause there, I think. But, uh, yeah, Clevo. You've defeated, you have defeated the Perkins, so congratulations. But that does mean that you're going to have to keep your Thursdays clear now. Honestly, if you could see the look of uh, shock <laughs> on Andy Cleve's face now, he can't believe it. He really, he just can't believe it. So you're going to have to keep your uh, keep your uh, uh, Tuesdays clear, Clevo, because we're going to need you back for, uh, uh, for further quizzes. Or Thursdays, yeah, not Tuesdays. Keep your Tuesdays clear as well if you want, but... Yeah. Well, well, next Tuesday we'll be suffering again, won't we? We're at Jewish Park again. So, well, for another, for another snooze fest. <laughs> there you go. The there club will go. be loving you selling tickets for him. Right then, <laughs> yeah. Clevo. Well, thanks for coming on. Congratulations. We'll speak to you next well, Thursday. Well done, Clevo. Absolutely. Yeah, nice to see you. Speak to you, chaps. Have a good one. Cheers. 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 Bye. Bye. Right, we're back. I'm over it. I've gone and had a little cry. Um, Honestly, there is some serious tears. Tears uh, before bedtime, folks. Well Cle- done, Clevo. Yeah, I expect, well, yeah, Clevo's undersold himself before this, hasn't he? There you go. Well, he, he can't now, you see. He's like an FA Cup uh, giant killing. There's going to be looking out for him in the next round. We're going to have to find someone to face him, aren't we? Yeah, we will. We will. Um, we played a bit of football this week, actually. Well, we tried. <laughs> I was going to say, not what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> On Tuesday night, a cold, a cold night at Hewish Park. Uh, we got some questions that we'll go through later, but let's have a small chat about it because the questions will really dive into it, I would have thought. Well, you um, tell me, you were there. I was listening in on the radio with um, uh, Lawson Diaz, and I think I put on my Twitter, that game will be summarised by Lawson Diaz going, ah, <laughs> constantly <laughs> through the game. Yeah, and it was like, go on, go on, go on, Matty, go on, Chaz, go on. Yeah. And then, ah, like that. So, yeah, just frustrated exhalations was, will uh, be my memory of that game. Was he booing at the end, or...? I didn't hear him booing. No, no. no. Okay. He's a very polite young man, though, isn't he? Yeah, very well-spoken young man. Yeah, no, it was a... Were you a... booing? No. All right. No, I'm not at that stage. 
No, too busy throwing <laughs> things instead. Yeah, <laughs> ripping chair seats up. Well, it's too busy writing a match report. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we got that on. My pretty, thumbs, pretty swiftly. My, my thumbs were very warm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a rubbish game. <laughs> it was not the most entertaining. I think you know a lot of the questions will will cover this ground, but we were just no good going forward, really. So we we knew that we knew that was what we were like going into the season that we were going to be pretty strong defensively and not so um, you know getting our attacking place or without as the season goes along. But yeah, it was pretty shambolic defensively. I know it was mentioned in the manager's press conference today about the level of possession that we enjoyed, um, which again, as you say, is is what we were told at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, defensively, we we were fine. They had a couple of chances, but nothing clear-cut. I don't think Grant Smith had much to do, really, other than the odd cross here and there. It was a pretty good defensive performance. Obviously, they made the changes and brought Robinson in, which I was surprised at that, I thought. On it, you know, don't change a defence that seems to be doing all right. I thought Barnett's done nothing wrong, so for him to lose his place was unfair. I thought, but other yeah. than that, yeah, it was a it was defensively sound. But again, it's that classic: no midfielders breaking the lines, no real chances. I think Wakefield on the left and Knowles on the right was sort of different than it has been. Um, but yeah, just we didn't create anything. We created nothing clear cut. It was, you know, hopeful crosses that Quigley got his noggin on. But other than that, there was, there was, it was a hard watch. Seymour, Ben Seymour, online from Exeter. Did you, did you get to see much of him? Played 60 odd yeah. minutes. I'd like to see more of him. Hey. <laughs> well, oh, ben, Ben's, Ben's not, not here, here, but yeah, he is yeah, in we... spirit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought he looked promising. He reminded me a lot of like, you know, how Gary Johnson always had a striker who hounded things down and chased the ball. He's got that about him. He's quick. He's different from Yusuf. Very different from Quigley. A different option for us up front. Obviously, he needs games. Um, the manager seemed to indicate afterwards that he'd been trying to get him for quite a while so perhaps he'll have a longer time with us than just the month at the moment um yeah I, I, there's something there that could be quite exciting but again it's all about service and yeah serving these players i mean i will say we are uh, but it sounds like that performance was exactly what i would say we are as a as a team like you've uh, you've said there we've got nothing particularly going forward if you take out um wakefield and uh and Knowles, uh and we are uh, i still think uh, um mid table side when you look at our squad we are a mid table side with very little going forward and that's to, from what i heard on the radio and from what you're saying and what i've read everyone else saying that's exactly what we what we look like. So we kind of are what I, what I thought we were going to be. <laughs> now, now whether that changes, whether you know we get a you know Ben Seymour becomes the, the, the guiding light or not, and whether when we do get Little and Wilco and Reed and <laughs> Morgan Williams and everyone else who's uh, who's injured back, then uh, whether things start to uh, to pick up there. But 
I have a feeling we're going to see a few more of these performances um, with the with the squad that we've got. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's pretty damning that we struggled to break down a 10-man semi-professional team. 10 men for 20 minutes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. And going down to 10 men doesn't change games, really, does it? No, no. <laughs> except, except for when it's us. It did yeah. the, the week before for Bournemouth, yeah. didn't it? But, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And the first game of the season. Funny yeah. how it affects us, but not other teams. It does, it does. Although, saying that, uh, and this is our segue, so uh, our rivals this weekend, our opposition this weekend, Notts County, were obviously uh, playing away at Halifax Town on Tuesday night as well. And they were 2-0 up. Alex Lacey had got a goal for him, I think. And uh, then <laughs> Tom Bradbury, it was, got sent off for Halifax. And they ended up losing 3-2. So I caught up with uh, Pete from the Magpie Circle, uh, a Notts County podcast, to find out what we can expect from the uh, the Jekyll and Hyde that is Notts County. Yes, this is Dave, and I am joined by Paul from the Magpie Circle, a Notts County podcast. Paul, first of all, welcome to the Glovers cast. Uh, welcome indeed. Looking forward to it. And uh, I'm not quite sure, in the light of our recent results, exactly how many Notts fans will be travelling down uh, on Saturday. But I, I, I shall be there. I shall You'll be, be there. there. Good man. Good man. Yes. Uh, so putting some some money into our pockets. That's uh, that's always much appreciated. So. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's a very good place for us to start, isn't it? Because we uh, uh, have been grumbling about our nil-nil draw with Maidenhead um, in the in the week. But, uh, yeah, tell us about what happened to Notts County. You're away at Halifax on Tuesday night and you were 2-0 up and they were down to 10 men. So it all probably looked quite good then, didn't it? What, what happened after? Um, I think the wheels well and truly fell off. Um I, you used the adjective grumbling for Yeovil yeah. fans. Um, yeah. I think it's rather stronger than uh, grumbling at the moment among our Knots fraternity and brethren. Um, I think that the defeat in the manner that it came on Tuesday night at Halifax, uh, when uh, we were leading 2-0, uh, Halifax were reduced to 10 men, uh, and we ended up losing 3-2 in the 10th minute of stoppage time. How do you get uh, 10 minutes of stoppage time? What had happened it, there? Yeah, <laughs> it, t- 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 10 men Halifax within the 10th minute of stoppage time. It's it's not normally a, a phrase that you use very often, <laughs> is it? Um, it, it? It is a result, I think, that probably many Knots fans would say is the worst for uh, a decade and more. Um, and it comes on the heels of a 4-1 home defeat at the hands of Woking on Saturday. Yeah. And after a 1-0 defeat at Altrincham um, two weeks ago. Um, all this after Notts had made their best start to the season for over a decade. So it really has been Jekyll and Hyde uh, at Notts uh, for this season. But I think at the minute... Um, a lot of discontent among the Knots fan base that we somehow managed to contrive to lose that game in, in, in quite bizarre and exceptional circumstances on Tuesday night. And where is that frustration directed? Because I know we remember playing you at the end of last season. You just got a new manager in. Is he is he the the 
brunt of the ire of Notts fans? Um, I, it's difficult, but probably like yourselves, um, as a supporter base, bear in mind Notts are one of the founder members of the Football League and have never not been in the Football League for their entire existence uh, until three seasons ago. Um, so clearly our fan base is, is disenchanted that we are in this division for one season. Uh, we're now in our third season. Um, and this season looks to be by far the most competitive. Um, we came down together, didn't we, I think? We did, uh, yeah. yeah. Three seasons. 2019, um, yeah. We have pursued um, a data ball, a money ball approach under our um, two Danish owners who rescued the club when the club was being relegated out of the Football League and was in a very parlous state. Um, we have a head coach rather than a manager in Ian Birchnell. Um, and there is a, a, quite a predicated style. Um, if you like, uh, it's a National League version of Manchester City. Um, where we kick the ball five yards inside our own six-yard box to uh, two defenders and we try and play the ball all the way up the pitch. Um, which, when it works, which it did against Barnet uh, on the opening day of the season when we won 5-0, uh, and predominantly for the first seven games, um, delivered as results, certainly made us unbeaten, works very well. Um, there have, though, been one or two grumblings, and... And the manner of the past three defeats, um, in truth, has been very shocking. Um, and a lot of people now are quite disenfranchised. So the club is in uh, quite a state of flux. Um, if I was to say to you that we were 3-0 up on Saturday, which I hope we are, uh, with, with 15 minutes to go, I, I genuinely would, would be up by no means assured that we would win the game. Um, there was clearly a psychological barrier as a, as a result of um, four goals against Woking. Three of those came. You were heading that minutes. game against Woking, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we, the the model, the blueprint of the way that we play our game is quite different to most other teams in the National League. So we play uh, a high percentage possession game. Um, it is, if you like, the debate is whether we convert that possession into chances and goals um, and uh, some teams have enjoyed success by going long against us and we've conceded from set pieces um, it, it's very difficult to know which way it's going to go because I'm sure if you're looking at Notts County from afar you think crikey there are a couple of freak results um, the supporter base I think at the minute is probably split down the middle um, some saying that we must persist with this this method and this model. Um, the other half are saying, ditch it because it is not going to work. And, and Notts County fans judge this season, as they did last season and the season before, by one single criteria, and that is getting promoted. Anything yeah. else is failure. I wonder if I could just ask you about one player, um, Alex Lacey, who had a very uh, well-remembered for a good spell he had at Yeovil Town. I noticed he was on the score sheet um, for you on, on Tuesday. How's he been? Is he a, a regular in your defence? Yeah, when Alex is fit, he starts. Mm -hmm. um, he's had a couple of injury issues um, and he was injured in pre-season uh, and he's, he's, he, he missed the opening few games. He's come back in. 
Uh, and I think um, uh, our fan base would say uh, very reliable, a good, a good defender. As you say, he scored um, from across uh, at the other end of the box. Um, neat player, tidy player. Um, the Knots fans like him and would say that he has certainly been one of our better buys in the National League. Okay. Uh, another player that I, uh, I'd like to ask you about is one who's now in the Oval Town squad, um, Mitchell Rose, who's um, caused some controversy uh, being signed for Yeovil. As, um, as I, I think we were discussing before he came on air, he's uh, recently been convicted of, of, of an assault and therefore certainly divided opinions um, with regards to the Yeovil Town fan base as to whether we should have a player with that kind of background um, playing for something we've discussed on the, on the Glover's card. I suppose that that was all when he was playing for Notts County. That was all before that time. We haven't seen much of him as a player. He played 90 minutes in that fairly uh, forgettable game against Maidenhead. What can you tell us about him as the player that you remember him at Notts County, Mitchell Rose? Yeah, M M Mitch did pretty well for us. Mm -hmm. um, he played in a central midfield role. Very combative. Um, strong tackling. Um, put a good shift in. Uh, and chipped in an occasional goal. Um, and it's quite interesting because one of the players that he would have played alongside in that Notts County team um, is Michael Doyle, who is 40 years old. Uh, he became our assistant manager after retiring at the end of last season. However, in the light of what has recently happened at Notts with our, our, our three defeats on the bounce, there has been a breaking story post Halifax this week that Notts may be considering bringing Michael Doyle back into the fold. Um, whether that would be too early uh, for Saturday, I don't know, but you potentially have Michael Doyle and Mitchell Rose lining up against each other, right. having been central midfield teammates for Notts County a couple of seasons ago. Right. Now, now Michael Doyle, as I remember, is, uh, like I say, at 40 years old, but is a very experienced and canny, uh, canny operator, shall we say, so he knows how to get under the skin of people. Yeah, and, and I think, um, certainly one way of putting it, um, I think with Michael, um, one of the criticisms of Knotts with the last two defeats, because by and large we have, you know, we have conceded seven goals in the last 20 minutes of our last two games, um, has been game management. Both of those fixtures, we were relatively in control going into the final 20 minutes, and there has been criticism um, as I say, of our game management, running the clock down, um, you know, playing the percentages um, and not haven't managed the game well. Uh, clearly, Michael Doyle, with his immense experience, he has a, a massive bank of natural fitness um, and his know-how, his knowledge, slowing the game down, winning a free kick here and there. Um, appears now to be back in the frame for potentially coming back into the team. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, we'll be interested to see the team news when it when it comes out. Then um, uh, come around sometime around two o'clock on 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 Saturday. So I, I suppose my last question, Paul, would and, and this might be uh, going back to your Jekyll and Hyde reference earlier. I mean, what can we as the Oval Town fans expect from Notts County on Saturday? And who are the players we we should be looking out for in your side? <laughs> um... I think I genuinely have no idea what to expect on Saturday. I think after Woking, when they lost 4-1, um, you hoped for, for a response from Knox. 
And we kind of got that at Halifax for 70 minutes. Winning, Halifax reduced to 10 men, see the game out, job done, bounce back after a heavy home defeat. But the manner of defeating those last 20 minutes, leaking three goals and losing to 10 men, has clearly undone all of that 70 minutes of good work. What you want to see uh, is a Knotts team eager to put it right on Saturday at the expense of Yeovil. Um, there's clearly going to be a bit of an element of a psychological block, I would suspect, going into the, you know, into, into the closing stages of the game, depending what the score is. Um, in terms of players to watch out for, um, there are two players, very skillful, uh, score goals, uh, who have captured a lot of attention. Um, Kel Roberts, who was um, released by Newcastle. And to be honest with you, he had one very bad injury last season. Um, he looks a cut above the rest or 99% of the rest of the National League. Huge natural ability, drop the shoulder. Uh, we've christened him the Geordie Messi. Uh, and he, he, he is of a no not pressure there, build. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's of a not dissimilar build and he has a wand of a left foot. Um, Ruben Rodriguez um, came to the fore when Ian Birchinot took over towards the end of last season. Um, talented Portuguese player, came from Dutch football, found it difficult when he first came to Notts, undoubtedly has a wealth of ability and has certainly flourished under Ian Birchinot. And those two, uh, if you like, are... Um, very talented players on their day. Um, I, I guess um, a player that goes a little bit below the radar will be Kyle Wooden, our centre forward. So a strong, strapping centre forward will get you 15 goals a season. I say, good scoring record last season, as I recall. Yes. And yeah. he goes a little bit under the radar because Cal and Ruben are the flair players, you know, but Kyle uh, leads the line. Um, I guess Torquay is not far away from you guys. Uh, so Aaron Namane, you may remember from Torquay last I, year. Uh, yeah. we, we, we have him at Knotts now. Wasn't fully fit when he joined us. Played well in the last two games. Speed merchant down the wing. Um, you've mentioned Alex Lacey. Um, we have had got some defensive problems at the minute in that we are without Kyle Cameron, another player who we took from Torquay, and he has certainly been a miss. Uh, and a goalkeeper that you would know uh, would be Sam Slocum, who was at Scunthorpe for many years. Sam has been injured and missed the last two or three games as well. Uh, so we have a lone keeper in from Sunderland. So I think that Ian would be hoping to get some of those players back uh, for Saturday. Um, whether it's too early for them, we don't know right now. And as I say, you've got that kind of um, added little mystery ingredient of you may, you may uh, see a little bit of Michael Doyle having thought that uh, his career was, was, was had, had been ended finally at the age of 39, but now he's 40. He is, uh, he, he, he's back in the reckoning again. There you go. Something you never thought of. And, and what a place to come back, eh? Yeovil on a uh, October Saturday. But 
Fantastic. Right, well, Paul, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak to us. Enjoy your trip to, down to Yeovil on Saturday. Obviously, not too much if you can. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, thanks very much again for your time. And hopefully, we'll uh, we'll speak to you when we we make the return. I think we're at not uh, Meadow Lane last game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. But um, is it okay? That seems a long, long. <laughs> That's way a long way away, away isn't it? Yeah, right. a long way away. Right, Paul. Much appreciate your time. Take care. My pleasure. Okay, confession time. We're not playing Notts County on the final game of the season. Um, for some reason, I thought we uh, we were this season. And then I thought, oh, no, it must have been last season. It wasn't. It was the season before that, the curtailed 2019-20 season um, when we were due to play them on the last game of the season. So before anyone writes in and says I got it wrong, you're right, I did get it wrong. So I apologise. <laughs> Save your stamp. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Save your stamp. Colin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Colin will pick me up on it, I guarantee it. Or Jem, Jem, Jem will pick me up on it as well. One of these northerners always picking fault with me. Something about you lot. I know, yeah. <laughs> Something about us. And you've got two of us on here, so bloody glutton for punishment. <laughs> Talking of glutton for punishment. Question. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we. I was a bit cheeky and put out the questions before sleeping on it, putting the call out, and yeah. we got we had a load. It worked. They took the bait. The listeners took the bait. Um, Glove actually asked, "Can we have a football free edition? Talk about the weather or something? Uh, we can have a bit of a weather chat. How's the weather up there in Preston today? Been nice today on yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I can say it's been it's been a nice uh, a nice day. But um, yeah, I've been chucking it down for the few days beforehand." Mm. Yeah, I picked up Freddie with shorts on today because it was yeah. warm enough to do that in yeah. October. You'll have to point out Freddie is your son. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. For people who don't know, <laughs> just picking up people called Freddie wearing shorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not flint off. No. Uh, I'm sorry, Foxy. I'm not going to be answering your question. Um, what was his question? Any further updates? Or any further developments with the ongoing takeover stuff? That was a question particularly for you, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So, so I'm not even allowed to, to answer it. Not that I could if I wanted to, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Foxy. You'll have to wait for official channels before anything happens, I think. Um, okay. Paddy, the OG Paddy Horsington. <laughs> Uh, any truth to the rumours of Twitter? Uh, rumours on Twitter of verbal clashes between players and fans. So there was a bit of a um, discussion on social media about this. Uh, I didn't actually see anything. Uh, I was on my way out of the ground and I heard someone say, "Oh, something's happened over there." Mm. And then I had a look round. At that point, I saw a player being pulled back by another player. Um, there's a couple of comments on social media that. Yeah. It didn't really identify. I, I heard that at least two, maybe three players had offered to meet people in the car park. Um, so I'm sure uh, Alex Bradley was one of them. And Joe Quigley, I think, was the was the, the names that I saw. Yeah. Um, but as we know, Alex Bradley looks like probably a dozen other Yeovil Town players. So <laughs> we could not positively ID him. But yeah, 
well, I was 250 miles away, so I can't see Paddy, but um, yeah, I'll take yeah. you on it. Didn't, yeah, I did, yeah, I didn't see. Um, that's, yeah, a very, that's, a, that's a very, yeah, I was about <laughs> to say. I didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. the words out of my mouth there. Um, another similar sort of question from Phil Park. Was the manager right or wrong to tell a fan to shut your mouth when encouraged to sort it out after yet another overhit pass? Um, Coatsy, what do you think about that sort of thing? If he did say shut your mouth to someone for another overhit pass, um, then no, I don't think he was right to say it because I think um, supporters are there, you know, they pay their money to be there, don't they? And uh, and I'm not saying I condone anyone abusing the manager, but if somebody shouted something in frustration at an overhit pass, then um, I think they're well within their rights to um, well within their rights to do so. What I will say, I've been listening to the manager after the game and listened to his press conference today, is I think the point that he was trying to make, and I do understand where he's coming from, is and he, this is the way that he articulates it. If you shouted, if you shout at Carl Dickinson, Jimmy Smith, Charlie Lee, whatever, it's water off a duck's back, isn't it? But if you do it to Charlie Wakefield or Tom Knowles or any of the other young players that they're going to get, his view is that we should be, you know, supporting them. Now, I, I know what he's saying, and I do agree with what he's saying um, to, a, to a degree, but I... I I think there will come a time, and you know, from what you've said about Tuesday's performance, that may well be that time when fans are entitled to voice their their opinions. Um, but there is also, you know, a part to play in supporters being supporters. I'm not saying we've all got to be happy clappers and we've all got to say everything's brilliant when it's not. Um, but there has got to be a bit of, uh, you know, support given, and you could use their age as a, you know, as a reason for for, for wanting to do that. So. I think, I think there's a logic in what he's saying, but equally, I wouldn't tell someone to shut the face or whatever it was he told them to do. Yeah, I think there's probably an element of the heat of the moment as well. So that's probably part of the reason why he maybe reacted that way. I think when you look at the manager's press conference immediately after the match versus the manager's press conference a couple of days after the match before going into another match, totally different individual yeah yeah um, and he is a he is a um a fiery character isn't he yeah, Which, yeah you know works for him and works against him i would imagine and he doesn't have the benefit of rule two of the glovers cast wow. and you haven't he? given these people the good <laughs> listeners of the glovers cast you haven't given them the benefit of it you were straight in there with the bait weren't you <laughs> there's a content there's good content and actually, <laughs> that, that question came on the 6th, I'll have you know. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Um, Phil had slept on it already, did he? As did, yeah, yeah. As did Clevo, reigning quiz champion Clevo. Um, Still can't it, believe that. <laughs> Bonds and Gala, can't believe he didn't get it. But... The uni years, Dave. The uni there years. You go. The lost years. <laughs> Ian Perkins, the lost years. Yeah. <laughs> Forward by Bonds and Gala. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Is Darren Sahl right to call for patience from supporters? Are you concerned by his post-match comments? Um, so, I think I think he is right to call for patience. I think on the face of it, like I think we all know that these players aren't going to 
these players, it's going to be a big challenge for these players to get us to the playoffs and get us promoted, which is what we've been told during preseason that we're building a squad for the playoffs and getting the resources to do that, which is just totally, (laughs) (laughs) it's totally disingenuous. So I think when all the noise around the signings and what we're doing is that this is what we're aiming for. And then the results and the performances don't match what we're aiming, what we've said we're aiming for. Then yeah, he's got a call for patience, but it's that we, you know, we've said it over and over again, the over promise under deliver. Um, And I think in fairness to the manager, um, you know, the manager's being asked, uh, what's your target for the season? I think probably, you know, unless you're, you know, the Oval Town in the season, we're in the championship. I think every manager's going to say that we want to be near the top, aren't we? I don't think the manager, the owner is different, I think, but I don't think the manager has come out and said, oh, yeah, we're going for the playoffs. That's what we're going for. I think he's probably said we want to do well. So uh, I think he's a lot more realistic about what he's playing, you know, what, what he's playing with. Um, probably not dissimilar to well, yours and my view, not Ben's view, obviously. But, <laughs> but yeah, as to what, what we are this season and where we, what we can achieve. Uh, and the part two was, are you concerned about his post-match comments? And I think it depends on what part you're talking about there, really. Um, there were a few concerning things i think his answer on mitch rose was a total swing and a miss yeah um i think he had plenty of time to compose an answer a decent answer um you know offering offering the the lad redemption there's 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 lots of ways that that comment could have gone but instead going for the there's anything untoward i don't know about it so yeah. was that his words yeah um yeah. Right. Uh, uh, yeah i think if we can google um south yorkshire police and find out about it then um yeah uh, I, i've known him for years and if something untoward has happened in his life i certainly haven't got any details about it mm. yeah, and then I, and in mitch rose's introduction video yeah he said about how the manager been talking to him for months yeah yeah so yeah um not a good answer and he probably wasn't happy to be asked that question. So fair play to Sheridan for asking that difficult question because it is something that fans have been talking about and do have their concerns about. So yeah. no, perfectly valid question, I thought. And as you say, not a uh, not a good answer. Um, so that was concerning. I agree with you. Question from Dan Johnson. Did Mitch Rowe spend more time on the floor than on his feet? Uh, I can't remember, which probably says <laughs> a, lot about, a lot about him. I mean, I felt he was... He didn't do anything wrong. I felt that he was quite a safe player. We all played quite safe. It was all very sideways. Um, a stat padder is what I called him just a what a stat padder all oh, right okay yeah just uh you know passes completed 100 percent. but right yeah 
they were all backwards or sideways. There was no risks taken. Um, maybe he'll offer something. I think he's on a month-to-month contract, so who knows what the future holds, but I think I don't really know what to think about it. <laughs> it's the whole <laughs> the cloud of deciding is still there. I, I want and I want us to play well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like we said at the beginning, didn't we? If he if he scores, I, I'm going to celebrate that goal because it's a goal for the team that I support. Um, do I like the fact that he's playing for us based on his history? No, not really. I don't. Am I going to you know vote for him as man of the match? Am I going to hail him and say uh, you know sing his name? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but. Ultimately, he's a Yeovil, he's a Yeovil Town player, and if his performances make him, um, you know, play make us play better, then yes, I'm going to be happy with that because they make the team I support play better. But for no other reason other than that, I do think, like you said, there has been opportunities for both Mitchell Rose and the manager to say something about why you know why he's given him the opportunity. And I think you said when he signed him, um, I think we said we, we both said that. At, do, well, I personally do think everyone deserves a second chance, and and I don't think there's any um, doubt that in in my mind that he deserves a second chance at some point. But I think there's a lot of water needs to go under the bridge before he's at that that stage. And there's nothing I've really heard. Maybe because he hasn't had the opportunity to say anything, and the manager hasn't chosen to say anything when he did have the opportunity. That makes me think that. You know, anybody think anyone thinks that he did anything wrong? Mm. Um, that's that. That's probably the thing that makes me more uncomfortable is that it's all kind of well, he hasn't. You know, I don't know anything about it. He's a you know, he's a good lad. I've known him for years. Well, you know, based on what he's done, um, judge him. <laughs> judge him on that. I think. Yeah. That's that's all we can judge him on until we hear something else from him. Um, all we can judge him on that is that and his performance. Where apparently he spent more time on his backside. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's unfair to judge him on spending his time on the book on his backside as well. Yeah. Move along. Move along. Um, yeah. Thoughts on the team for Saturday. This is from Louis B. Uh, I So he's listed a team Smith, Moss, Hunt, Williams, Barnett, Knowles, Worthy, Simper, Wakefield, Quigley, Seymour. 14. We know Williams isn't going to be back. The manager said today that he's not going to be back for a couple of weeks. He did his knee in the. Bridgewater Somerset Premier Cup game. Yeah. So I would imagine that that means Staunton. I think we'll go the same. I think we'll yeah. go the same. He hasn't even got Staunton in this team. No Staunton and no Gorman in this team. Really? My only thing would be I think I want to pair Staunton and Gorman together again. I mean, I've, I've, in, I've Staunton's doing good at centre back. He's playing fine, but. Who'd you put a centre back if you don't have Staunton in centre back? Dyer? Yeah, he plays centre-back. You're going to chuck him in against Kyle Wooten from uh, Ruben Rodriguez. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Personally, I think um, that Staunton will... I, I think it will stay exactly as it was Same. on Tuesday. I yeah. can't, see, can't see it changing. Um, Paddy, another one, two for one. How did the club spark the change in fortune in the late nineties? Are the ingredients there to do it again? Brackets ever. In the late nineties, I think we went from part-time football to full-time football, and there are a lot of teams in the conference at the time who were still part-time. In fact, I think 
you were saying off air that you were going through some old side space reports and uh, our old friends at Rushton and Diamonds, who obviously the multi-millionaires of their debt of their time um i think them and us and maybe a few others were were full-time but everyone else was part-time so um we when we went full-time we had a massive advantage over part-time teams so i think that probably sparked an advantage that plus the uh fortunes of a certain john goddard watts of founder of Screwfix. Ian's just saluting his Screwfix flag there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I think it was it was partly down to that. And have we got anyone with a checkbook like John Goddard Watts who's willing to um, to invest? If we have, I haven't seen it. Let's put it out way. The football, uh, the um, what they call football. Who are we borrowing all the money off? Sport England. Sport England. Yeah, they're our benefactor at the moment. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well. Problem is they want it back. Oh, Yeovil Town. Are Yeovil Town the benefactor of the Sport England loans? Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe we're propping up Sport England, aren't we? <laughs> oh, or maybe Sport England are propping up someone else. Um, anyway. <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> um, who can teach Del Gorman to take a set piece? I mean, I'd, this is Dan Johnson. I think Del Gorman, he had a couple of ropey ones, but I've been quite impressed with his delivery so far, so... I think we were all a bit shit on when on Tuesday night, but before then, I think Gorman's deliveries have been good. So, yeah, yeah, uh, shoots from far out all the time, doesn't he? He loves that. He loves a thirty-five yarder, doesn't he? Yeah, I think a lot of his crosses are shots that are just going wide that look like crosses. Is he the new Tom James? Oh, let's hope not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, James Drew, would you do a manager swap with Torquay? <laughs> Good question. Would you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> can, I, can I say I wouldn't? And so I tell you why I, why I wouldn't. For me, when Gary Johnson left when he did, that was the right time for him to leave for him as much as us. And I think at the time he said something about sometimes you look in the hat and there's no rabbit to pull out of it. I think Gary Johnson's time with Yeovil Town is done I think he's a, don't get me wrong he's a brilliant manager and he's a brilliant um you know at this level I'd still say he's one of the best managers out there he's obviously having a difficult time at um at Torquay um but I think his time with us is done if he comes back and he does what he did the second time round again I'm more than happy to eat my hat I have got a hat up there so I will <laughs> I'm more than happy to eat that That'd be an achievement, wouldn't it? Get us from non-league to the championship. There you go. Come on, Gary. <laughs> pull your finger out. Call yourself a god. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. Well, no, you are right. Um, I don't want us to look to the past anymore, which is ironic because I've spent the last week... <laughs> looking at the past. <laughs> looking, exactly at the, at the past. looking at the past, yeah. specifically in a lot of detail. Um, but yeah, I think as a club, we need to try and move on and move forward with something totally new when that time comes. Give her it is then, right? Okay. <laughs> Finley's Giverton. Ben's um, not here, so I have to mention Finley's Giverton at least. <laughs> I'm not sure about this question from Tuppence. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know would... what it is, but I'm already worried. Why would people want cheese on chips, especially at an extra two pound and spelt wrong? No. I don't know if that's related to. There was a picture which um, was on Twitter. I think Ryan Blackford, Blatchford might have put it up. Um, of I'm not sure where it was, but there was a little sign that said two pound, and it said Chessy chips, <laughs> spelt C A E double Z Y. Jesse chips. <laughs> I don't know what Jesse chips are, but eh. <laughs> oh, brilliant! But I wouldn't um, spend two pound on them, no. No, no. If that was at Hewish Park, that's funny. Yeah. Um, Craig McCann, how many bovrils are too many bovrils on a cold Tuesday night watching arguably the worst game in years at Hewish Park? I can I be controversial? Bovril is just like drinking gravy, isn't it? Would you I rather love... have a? Would you rather have a bisto? No, I'm just, I'm just not, a, I'm just not a fan of, uh, you know, thin gravy. It's not gonna, I'm not just. Not yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure you're being controversial. No, because I'm. Well, I think Craig will think I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't tend to buy a hot drink at the football, and if I did, it would probably be a coffee. Yeah. Or a hot chocolate. Which are usually crap as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, Craig. <laughs> Adam Barrington, are we using the loan system too much? It's surely hard to build a stable team with players coming and going. And is the home form a concern? Um, hard to say on the loan system. I mean, we're a club... <laughs> that's relied on the loan our, system yeah, a lot. Throughout our history, certainly in the Football League, we've uh, milked the loan system. I mean, some of our best players came through, you know, were were loans. I think there's an element to using it and then signing those players permanently. Look at Tom Knowles. Look at Max Hunt. He was alone, wasn't he? Was Max Hunt on loan before we signed him? Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. And was Knowles on loan as well? Or did we sign him straight away? Can't remember. Uh, we right. signed Knowles straight away, didn't we? Um, Paddy Madden's Paddy, the one I remember, yeah. Chris Cohen. Yeah. Lee Peltier. Yeah. I think yeah. we loaned him first as well. Luke Ayling. Didn't we loan Luke Ayling from Arsenal? No, I think we no? signed him on a free. Did we? I thought we had him on a, on a like a, maybe it was like a trial or something like that. Not sure. No, um, no. I think there are benefits to it. I think when you've got the small budget we obviously have, then we need to use it. Um, yeah. We're stuck with it really, Adam. Um, and is the home form a concern? Probably. <laughs> we lost at home to Kings Lynn when we had Worthington sent off. Um, so you can kind of mitigate that one. We lost at home to um, Chesterfield, which I think we can all accept. We probably just lost to a much better team um, than Tuesday night. So I think probably with the exception of Tuesday night, you can probably make an argument for the other results and the other home game if you don't count the Somerset Premier Cup which I don't think we do uh, was that nice win over Halifax wasn't it so yeah. um, I think that's all the home games that there's been so uh, I, think... I wouldn't be too concerned about it now but if we you know we've got four home games coming up haven't we four yeah yeah four in a row yeah so <laughs> ask us in four games if we're concerned yeah. or was that the first of four that might have been the first of four yeah um, yeah, I, I think there was something online. I'm sure I read it on either Twitter or Facebook that we haven't scored a goal in the Thatcher's end. Right. 
since 2019 in front of fans. So in front of fans, oh, right. yeah, while yeah. there's been fans, all the go- like all the goals have been on the other end. The other end. Be honest with you, if we spend the whole season just scoring goals at the other end, I'll be quite happy with that. As long as we score goals. As long as the other team doesn't score them. At... Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. At both ends. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Elliot Watts. Is Darren Siles' game management off the mark? With a couple of eyes, eyes emoji. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? You saw it. I don't know what else he could have done with the players he had at his disposal. He brought Sonny on to change it up and change the shape. Uh, he swapped Knowles around. He brought Barnett on at left midfield. He hasn't got... I don't think he's got... Certainly with the players out through injury, I, I don't think he's got the... Difference makers in the squad. No, no, no. no. I'd agree. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, and, so... and we're placing a lot of significance on players coming back, like Reese, uh, Reese Murphy. That would be something, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like uh, Ruben Reed and um, uh, and Mark Little. Neither of them screen difference maker to me either. Um, so unless I, I think we can make something, I mean. Who have we got that could be a difference maker? Tom Knowles could be a difference maker. Charlie Wakefield's got potential to be a difference maker. I don't think we've seen that. Sonny could be, but not seen a huge amount of it so far. I don't know about Ben Seymour. Obviously, he comes with a decent reputation. Um, but, you know, we've only seen 60 minutes, so he can't really decide on that. I mean, we'll have Yusuf back yeah. on Saturday. And I think when he's come on, he's looked a bit more of a threat because he's a bit of a, of a man yeah, is how a... darren saw described him a bull of a man <laughs> and he bit... does run into people he's he bit, certainly yeah. did he's he a... <laughs> yeah let's just hope he can do it within the rules of yeah. the game um <clears throat> barry spiller would lawson df on one leg offer more creativity than the current midfield <laughs> Well, um, uh, if we're including Charlie Wakefield and Tom Knowles in the current midfield, which I think we are. Um, well, they are in the midfield, in yeah. In the midfield, yeah, then I would say no. Yeah. But if we're taking the central midfield pairing, then I would have. I mean, I think we said, we've, we've all said if you could get Lawson Diaz playing 60% of the games, you'd sign him on because, you know, if he could play 100% of the games, he's far too good to be playing at National League level. So, yeah. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully he's fit. There we go. He would be a difference maker that we can sign in January, wouldn't he? He would. He would be a difference maker. Um, uh, I think that's probably all the questions. I've got a question for you, Dave. All right. I've got a question for Ben. <laughs> Ben's not here. No, I know, but I've got a question for <laughs> all him. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to ask your one for Ben? No, no, no. You first. ask yours. No, you right, ask okay. yours first. Uh, are you excited about our brilliant FA Cup draw against Weymouth? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to Josh Staunton talking in the um, in the uh, post-match, uh, no, in the pre-match interview, and he said something about if you're a fan and support and you can't get excited about playing Weymouth, what can you get excited about? To be honest with you, I'm not really that excited. <laughs> 
I'm not really that excited. And I, I, I justify this by saying that for my considerable life, thank you, Dan Johnson, for saying I was uh, player one out of uh, the Squid Games, if anybody <laughs> knows what that means. The very old man with a brain tumour, I think. So that's what he's, that's what he's calling me. Um, very old Korean man. Um, uh, <laughs> so I've uh, supported the club for a long time, but never in that time have Weymouth been anything more than an irrelevance um, they've been so far below us that I've never even really given them any thought. The only possible exception was I remember in the late 90s, we played them in the FA Trophy, drew down at their place when it was their cup final um, and beat them at our place in a replay in the trophy. That is probably as near to any kind of rivalry as we can. I don't live in Yeovil, as everybody knows, I'm 250 miles away in northwest of England, so maybe my hatred of Weymouth is dampened down by that but i can't get myself excited by it are you are you excited are you I, gonna go out you know get the firm together yeah You're i'm just ex- the crew <laughs> i'm excited about it because i've never experienced it and that's you know that's sort of on par with your feelings of not caring about it because they were an irrelevance um yeah as long as i've been supporting Yeovil. We've never played them like that trophy game, but I didn't. Yeah, don't think I went to that one. Can't remember. The one game I would look forward to with Weymouth is the away game at their place, which I think is is it Easter or around then sometimes. That would be a good game, I think. That you, that's one that I would definitely try to get myself. And do you know what? I think we have been starved of any atmosphere at mm. Hewish Park for such a long time mm. that part of the excitement is the fact that they might bring quite a lot of people and they'll be fans in the away end yeah for the first time in i don't know how how long i bet um, they will be on saturday not county i bet they bring a few yeah yeah they, they, they hopefully they will um but yeah that's sort of there's that element of anticipation just because it's going to be a bit of an atmosphere might be a bit feisty and i can't remember it there you go <laughs> it certainly wasn't there uh, um while we're talking about it, we've got a. There's a page. If you go onto the Glover's Cast website and just click statistics, you might have to click it twice. I'm I'm figuring out the drop downs. Um, there's a page on there with all of our results, our history against Weymouth. Right. Uh, the last time we played them in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round was October the 24th, 1987. Right. We played them away. Uh, do you want to guess the scorers? Or are you on the page looking at it right now? Was it 1987? Yeah. Ah, now I know. I, but I think I remember that John McGinley got a couple, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Jerry Pearson? Yeah, Pearson scored one. McGinley scored two. Oh. Here you go. So any... Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out one of the... Where is this? I'm looking for it. On, you click on the st- results. Nah, click statistics. Yeah, all right, statistics, right, okay, all right, all right. I'll look for it after. <laughs> not going to make good radio, listen to me, no, figure my way around there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're maybe maybe we need to get, uh, we need to get Thorpey on, don't we? He, he'd have played in that game, I'd have thought, down there, Paul yeah. Thorpe. Yeah, yeah, I know who Thorpey is. Yeah, yeah. all right, <laughs> well, I, let's... I spent many Saturdays with Thorpey. Um, let's get him on before the, uh, before the cup game. Well, there you go. He'll fire us up, won't he? 
I'm Volk sure will they will. Fire us up. It'll just scream, smash the seaside slime. That's what they'll say. <laughs> Can uh, I ask my question to Ben now? Yeah, I know he's not here, can, but can yeah, I ask totally, it to him? And yeah. he can answer it on uh, on Sunday, or yeah. Sunday for Monday. September's over, Ben. Tell us what you think. Ooh. Come on, what do you think? He's laid it down. There it is, Ben. There you go. There you go. When you're listening to, this, listening to this over your cereal, to, it's going <laughs> to go Choking everywhere. Choking on his Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it'll be. Uh, choking on his fried up spam <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah that's a good note to leave on isn't it? yeah i think so right cheers mate thanks a lot speak next uh, speak at the weekend and with a quick turn skipper alex dock slams it in there's lindergaard making forest back pedal Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Mammoth, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from John. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.